Well, welcome, welcome to our family of faith. Uh, you have a place and a purpose here. Welcome home. Uh, we're excited you're with us this Wednesday night. We are uh, second week into, I believe it's a four-week series, second week into a series called Unshakable. Turn to your neighbor and say, Unshakable. And, and if, they, if they look a little tired, shake them up and just make sure they're awake. But Unshakable. Uh, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 26 says, Ponder thy paths of thy feet, and let all thy ways be established. In other words, all your ways be unshakable, established, unmovable. Amen? That is, that is our desire for you. We also desire, Colossians 1.10, that we might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work. Unshakable, unshakable fruit in your life. Uh, we know that Jesus uh, really encouraged us to, to remain strong until the end, right? So, so we've got to develop our life in him in an unshakable way. Last week, Pastor Rainey taught on unshakable roots. And if you weren't here, go check that out because it's kind of, this is a building block on what Pastor Rainey talked about last week. Because unshakable roots lead to unshakable fruit, which is what we're talking about tonight. But to be unshakable in his kingdom. Um, talk about fruit tonight. Not, not being fruity, but, but fruit. If, if you read the Bible... It, the Bible uses fruit as an analogy all over the place. I mean, it's all through Scripture. You find fruit being used in as, as an analogy in the Bible, and it can mean a lot of different things. Um, but, but for our focus tonight, unshakable fruit, fruit is simply the evidence of what you are rooted in. It's the evidence of the kind of tree that you are. That's, that's what we're talking about tonight. Fruit being the evidence of what you were rooted in or the evidence of the kind of tree that you are. It's super simple. We're all out of preschool, so this should be pretty easy, right? What, what do I got here? You can see this far. I have an apple. If I was a tree and this grew off of me, what am I? I'm an apple tree. I mean, it's just simple, right? It's not, not that hard. If, if I had an orange up here, I'd be an orange tree if I had a banana or a cluster of bananas. I'd, okay, so this, this is really easy. To say this, ultimately you cannot hide what kind of tree you are because ultimately your fruit is exposed. Right? You're not going to see me if I'm producing this apple and have to wonder what kind of tree I am. This, this is not, this is not a, you know, a kind of a, you know, wondering match game here. It's not like I got an orange here and I got a pear over here and, a pea, and it, it's one thing, right? I'm an apple tree. Pretty easy. You see, the fruit that the Bible talks about and in different ways, in, in some ways it talks about the character of your life. In some ways it talks about the works that you produce, your actions your reactions to situations, the words that you say. But all of these things are encompassed in the fact that it comes forth from you. And you ultimately can't hide what comes forth 
from you. You can masquerade for a while, but eventually your fruit will find you out. Is that right? Your fruit's going to find you out. So we want to talk about unshakable fruit. The fruit that bears witness to what you're rooted in, the fruit that bears witness to the kind of tree that you are. Pastor Randy was talking about last week, the roots actually are Jesus, right? We are rooted in him. And he talked about different things you must be rooted in, like, like the word, church, and different things of that nature. But what we're rooted in produces what we do. Amen. New creation. That means I'm saved. I am rooted in Jesus. New creation should ultimately produce new fruit. Yes. New character, which produces new kind of actions, new reactions to things in life, new ways that we, we, we talk. It, this, is, this is basic Christianity. But, but I, I, want to, I want to kind of jump in um, full feet on the ground because I want to show you very quickly how important the fruit of your life is. Okay, so let's go to Matthew chapter number 7. And we're going to jump into the end of the Sermon on the Mount with Jesus here. And let's look at, uh, let's see, Matthew 7. Let me get there. And verse number 15. Matthew 7, 15, Jesus is closing out the Sermon on the Mount with, with a handful of warnings. Here's one of them. It says, Beware of false prophets, which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they're ravening wolves. Now watch this. You shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs from thistles? But even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Okay, now, now here's, here's a warning. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hung down or cut down and cast into the fire, whereby their fruits ye shall know them. So, so Jesus is giving a warning of false prophets. If you really want to know people that proclaim to be something, if you really want to know if what they're saying is something you should buy into, look at the fruit of their life. But, but, but I, want, I want to keep reading here because he, this, this thought doesn't end. Watch this. This, this is big here. 21. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. So if you continue the thought of Jesus here, what is doing the will of God? Bringing forth fruit. You see that? Now we often wonder, what's the will of God for my life? What's my purpose? What should I be doing? What, what, what I have to do in this world? Let me tell you where you start. Bring forth good fruit. For that is the basis of the life that you are to live no matter what you do. And he, he even puts a, a, a bigger emphasis on this. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils. And in thy day, name done wonderful works or miraculous works. 
And then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Wow, that's sharp. For even those that say that they did the works of God, if they did not live the fruit or produce the fruit of God, God did not know them. Now see, this, this is a strong critique within the wider charismatic and Pentecostal church, by the way. It's, not, it's, it's, it's good to seek after the power of things of God. Amen. These signs shall follow those who believe. But if you're not producing fruit in your life, what good is it? Right? You, you know, let, let's look someplace else. Paul says the same thing. 1 Corinthians chapter number 13. So, so if you want to talk about uh, uh, the gifts of the Spirit and, and teach on that and, and read a strong teaching on the gifts of the Spirit. Certainly we head to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Paul starts uh, talking about the body, the gifts of the Spirit, all these different kind of things. And then if you look at chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians and verse 31, he says, but covets earnestly the best gifts talking about the gifts of spirit and everybody says amen but one of the biggest things that that I can tell you about reading the Bible is read full context and bigger picture let's see what he finishes saying then at the end of that sentence and yet show I unto you a more excellent way in other words he said and I will now show you the most excellent way, verse, chapter 13, verse 1, this continues his thought. Don't, don't stop because chapter 12 ends, the thought keeps going. Though I speak with tongues of men and of angels and have not charity or have not love, I am become as a sounding brass or a, a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and, and though I have all faith so that I can remove mountains, and have not charity or have not love, I am nothing. And though I just bestow all my goods to feed the poor and I, I give my body to be burned and have not charity or have not love, it profiteth me nothing. In other words, he, he even moves from the gifts of spirit to even given to the poor. Or even so much that you, you martyr yourself for the faith. But if you don't have love, it doesn't count to anything. And by the way, so if we start talking about the fruit of the Spirit, what's the first one that Paul lists? Love. And certainly he's echoing what Jesus said at the great commandments. Love God with everything you have, and the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. So in other words, in the midst of Paul teaching about the gifts of the Spirit that we, we, we earnestly want to move in, he stops it and said, but let me just remind you about something. If you have not the basic fruit growing from your life that's evidence of the tree that you are, these things don't mean anything. And then right after this, he jumps back into teaching more about the gifts of the Spirit. And of course, we know 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is the great chapter of what? Love. We know that. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy, it doesn't boast, it doesn't keep a record of wrong, and love never fails, all the way down. Right in the midst of this great teaching on the gifts of the Spirit, he interrupts it and throws in what we call the great chapter of love. Because he wants us to remember 
A tree will be known by its fruit. And without the fruit of the character of the Christian life as your foundation, all these other things we have a tendency to desire and want, although they are not wrong, will end up meaning nothing. And, and actually, you can go back and read 1 Corinthians 13 and see those things that Paul breaks down about love. And are these things evident in my life? You, you see what I mean? Can somebody look at my life and see the fruit growing from you and mark you as a Christian? Because this is your everyday way of living in the midst of a lost world. In other words, does the fruit of your life, your character, which then produces what you do, your actions, reactions, the things that you say, does it line up with the fact that you say, I am a Christian and I am rooted in Jesus? Does it line up with the fact that you say, I am a new creation? The old has gone and the new has come. We want the kind of unshakable fruit that comes from unshakable roots. A, because of our witness, right? And B, because, as we saw Jesus say, the ones that don't produce fruit will be cut down and cast into the fire. There's judgment for what we do. These, these, are, these are very important things. So I want to take a moment and maybe do something just a tad different. And I want to just take some time, and I want to read to you some various passages of Scripture. If you look at the epistles that Paul wrote, some of the pastoral epistles and so forth, some of the epistles that, that, that Peter wrote and, and John, you will invariably find that they often will list uh, things that are the work of the flesh, and always marked by, if you do these things, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. You know what I'm talking about? But also, if you read, you invariably find them uh, listing what we would call character traits of a Christian, right? So I'm going to take some time and read some of these to you. And I'm going to take it a little slow because I want these to kind of capture the imagination of your mind and start to settle in your heart a little bit. But, but I want to go first to 1 Corinthians chapter, I'm sorry, Galatians chapter 5. And I, I want to go back to something I just said about the works of the flesh, real quick, of the sinful nature. Galatians chapter 5. Now, I'm going to read this one, this part out of the NIV, okay? Some of the words that the King James uses won't, won't translate to your mind right away, so it's just straight out in the NIV. This is Paul writing, Galatians 5, verse number 19. But the acts of the sinful nature, and you can change if you want to, it goes over the acts of the sinful nature, you can say the fruit of the sinful nature, Okay? The fruit of the sinful nature are obvious. Again, you cannot hide the kind of tree that you are. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery. Debauchery is just, uh, again, uh, over-gratification of sexual and sensual desires. Idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, 
dissension, factions, and envy, drunkenness, and orgies, and the like. And I warn you, as you did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Everybody says amen. amen. Now, Paul, Paul was not intending to list every sin he knew to think of. This is just some things that he's dealing with in the church of Galatia, okay? But there is a list of things that he's saying, these are evidence of the fact that your tree is lost, okay? And you are not rooted in Jesus. But right at the end of that, starts a new sentence, and it says, but. And Paul goes on to list the fruit of the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, and so forth. I want to throw something out to you before we go back to the fruit of the Spirit. Fruit of the sinful nature, but the fruit of the Spirit. What's Paul doing? He's contrasting. That but is the connector where he's contracting. And sometimes we think the Christian life is, okay, now that I, I believe in Jesus, I'm going to do my best not to sin. Every now and then tell somebody about Jesus and ride this thing out until I get to heaven. And we try to patchwork the acts of the sinful nature, try not to sin, try not to sin, try not to sin, try to make it, try to overcome temptation, try, 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 try. And we do that, we often fail, 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 right? And just hope I just did good enough to make the final cut. Right? But Paul is saying if you want to get rid of the acts of the sinful nature, the but is the fruit of the Spirit. You've got to grow new fruit, not just try to tame the bad fruit. We've got to grow new fruit. So you can, you can look at all those things that Paul lists there. There is not a direct, equal, he didn't go, you know, an act of a simple nature, here is a direct fruit to counteract it. He didn't list nine and nine. But he's saying, if you grow the characteristic of Christ-likeness in your life, you will replace all of these things. Yeah. You see? But the fruit of the Spirit, you, you begin to live out what you have been made. And therefore, you are changed. This is justification and then sanctification, all right? We, we begin to live out, we'll talk about this in a few minutes in, in John chapter 15. I am the vine, he is the branches, we're going to go there. But we begin to live out, and, and fruit replaces fruit. There is an evidential life change. I'm not trying to patchwork sin. I'm changing. For where I was greedy, I become generous. Amen. Where I am unfaithful, I become faithful. Amen. Where I am a liar, I become honest. You, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. We, we change fruit. It's not just trying to push down this bad stuff, but I am now something new. Yeah. Right? Amen. So let me start reading to you. I'm, I'm going to just quote the fruit of the Spirit, I'm going to read you some other things. I want you to listen to these things. 
because we've got to catch the basis of characteristics that scripture points us to in order to be who we say we're supposed to be. So I want you to listen to these. But the fruit of the Spirit, I'm going to go slow. I got, I got like, I don't know, one, two, three, four. I got like six or seven, eight, nine short verses to read you. But listen to, listen to these words. See how they strike you. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You hear those words? Gentleness. When do we talk about that? When do we talk about kindness? You know what I mean? And he goes on to say, against such things there is no law. And he talks about keeping in step with the Spirit. We think of keeping in step with the Spirit as these signs shall follow those who believe. But in the context of what Paul's saying, keeping in step with the Spirit is keeping the fruit of the Spirit growing and active in your life. Here's some more. Here's some more. Ephesians 4.2, Paul writing again. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Ephesians 4.32, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Philippians 4.5, Paul again, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Colossians chapter 3, verse number 12. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, close yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Here's from John, 1 John 4, 7. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. In everyone who has been born of God and knows God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Here's Peter, 1 Peter 3.15. But in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Jesus, Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the peacemakers. Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 44. Jesus, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you that you may be children of your Father in heaven. 
Matthew chapter 7, still in the Sermon on the Mount. So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you, for this sums up the law and the prophets. I mean, just those right there, those were just some I was pulling out today. There's more than that. They all are in the same ballpark. You see what I mean? They have to do with the character that we are to become. These fruits that are to grow from our life that drive our actions, our reactions to things that we say, how we interact with people, and so forth. Now, years ago, years ago, when I really started to think about this, I had a struggle. And here was my struggle. Jesus, if I act that way, I'm just going to be this big, huge, giant pushover in this very loud and angry and pay back-for-back world. They're just going to run me over if I'm kind and gentle and, and humble and all this different stuff. And then there, there was this, a question that struck me one day. And I've asked myself this question over and over and over. And if you've heard me speak before, you've heard me ask this question. And I asked, eventually had to ask this question to that thought and those questions. Do I believe the way of Jesus is the best way? Do I believe that the way of the kingdom of God is the best way? Even in the midst of a loud and angry and shouting and payback wrong for wrong world that I live in, if it would put me at a disadvantage in certain moments because I'm kind and I'm gentle and humble and those things. Do I believe that's the best way? What Jesus said that was recorded, what Paul wrote, what, what John wrote, what Peter wrote. Do I believe that those are the best ways to be in this lost world? What well, worked back then? They didn't have the internet and they didn't have, you know, TV and the newscast like we have. And they didn't have, the word is timeless through the ages. We can't discount that then because we think times are worse. Do I believe it's the best way now? I came to a realization one, one day. It is actually strength to live gentle in a harsh world. It is actually strength to live humble in a prideful world. It is actually strength to be respectful in a loud and shouting world. As a matter of fact, the people, let, let, me, let me read to you at, at, the end of, at the end of Hebrews. I was just reading this today in, in my own personal time. At the, at the end of Hebrews chapter 11, the great chapter of faith, let's find that. And it just, just struck me so hard when I read this. Hebrews chapter 11, I don't even know what verse, let's find it. where I'm at here. Uh, 
Verse 36 of chapter 11. And I'm assuming that the people that the writer of Hebrews is talking about are people who are living the way we're talking about. Verse 36. And others had trial of cruel mockings and scourging, yea, moreover, of bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn asunder. In other words, sawed in two. Were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented. And I love this line right here. And of whom the world was not worthy. And that just struck me in the heart. That the lives that they lived, the world was not even worthy of them. They walked the earth like the pardon of God. Were they strong? Some of these people were living this way to their death. Was that strong? Gentle is not a pushover. Gentle is a Christ-likeness in a world that needs to see another way. This is unshakable fruit. This is what the world needs to see. To be passionate to stand strong, to not be moved with these, this, this way, new way of living. See? John chapter 15. I am the vine, he is the vine, we are the branches. That's where we're going. John chapter 15. Remember that, remember that old song, He is Divine, We Are the Branches, His Banner Over Me is Love? It's one verse in that song. How many remember that song? Can I confess something? I hate that song. <laughs> Can I be Christian and say that? I just, you know, I'll tell you why. Because when I was in Sunday school as a kid, they sang that song every week. Now, if you know me, I'm, I'm sort of a, a laid-back kind of person, right? You know why I hated the song? Because every time they sang it, they tried to make you do the motions with the song. And I don't even remember them because I refused to do them. You know, where the branches are I just, I'm just like, nope, I ain't doing it. Sorry. I hate this song. Actually, I hate you two for trying to make me do it. It's just not happening. That, that was my attitude, you know. So, anyways, whenever I read this, I just think of that song. It's just like, Ugh. Anyways, all right, John 15. Verse number one. I'm the true vine, and my father is the husbandman, or, or the gardener. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purges it, or, or, or he, he will uh, prune it. That may bring forth more fruit. Now you are clean, though the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. If a man abide in me, not in me, he cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what ye will and it shall be done unto you. Herein, my Father, glorified that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. So how are we marked as disciples of Jesus? 
we bear much fruit. So, big question, easy answer. How do you bear much fruit? Abide in the vine. Stay connected to the vine. He is the vine, we're the branches, bear much fruit. And the great thing about it is he, Jesus said right there, and, and you can't do this without me. This is the great thing about this. You don't have to make it happen. You don't have to, you do not personally on your own have to turn yourself from this bad fruit to the good fruit. It is the work of God in your life as you stay connected to him, abide in him. That's, that's the wonderful thing about this. He's, in, he's with you in the process of what he's asking of you. Keeping in step with the Spirit, our fruit will change over to the tree that we say we are. Amen. Give you a story. Um, I, I, I decided to follow Jesus in a true, real, you know, life-changing way two weeks after I graduated from high school. Two weeks after that, I felt a call to ministry, okay, which by myself changing all my life plans and going to, to Bible college that fall, okay? Probably, I would say sometime in my 10th grade year, maybe my 11th grade year, just some different circumstances in my life that were kind of brewing around, I became a very angry person, angry young man. And I'm, I'm introverted, I don't say much, it bottles up, you know, and it would never really pop out until it popped out. And most of the time it popped out, I'd be by myself and nobody would see it. So it wasn't like this big known thing that I had an anger problem, but I was just angry, you know. And I got saved, new creation, rooted in Jesus, and, and there were a lot of things in my life had to change, list, right? And some of those things just were pretty, you know, boom, boom, boom. But the anger thing, uh it was a, a bad fruit that continually was being produced in my life. And the wild thing about it was I wasn't ultimately aware about it, if you know what I mean. I knew it, but, but it wasn't like a focus, you know, that, that, well, I just really need to deal with this, you know what I mean? And even I'm in Bible school my freshman year, in my sophomore year, in my room, I had my own dorm room. I, my room was connected by a bathroom. I had two guys, sweetmates, Trevor and Blake, good friends of mine. We shared a bathroom. Anyways, um, I don't know what happened. It was in the evening, and something happened, and it triggered me. I got, and I had an old lazy boy chair. I picked the thing up and just threw it across the room and smashed it on the wall. Broke it. I actually tried to screw it back together, and for the next three years of college, every time I leaned back in it, I went crooked. It was like a reminder of what I did. But anyways, um, I threw this lazy boy against the wall, broke, and my sweet mate came walking in the room, and, he, and Trevor, he just looks at me, and I don't remember what he said, and he walked back out, and I remember at that moment, I felt very ashamed. And finally, after four years, it hit me. This isn't right. And the other thing, while you think I would know that, right? You, you think it would just be a, a super obvious thing. But it was in that moment that the conviction of the Holy Spirit grabbed my heart. 
And I remember Trevor came back over later and was like, dude, what is your deal? I mean, like, that's just, that's just, and then I felt worse. And I really knew this isn't right because if you knew Trevor, him, him saying something like that, that's just like, yeah, it has to be wrong if Trevor noticed it. But anyways, um, so I felt super convicted. And it was a point in my life, what am I going to do about this? Start counting to 10 every time I start getting, that's not going to work. I mean, what am I going to do? And I came to the conclusion that the Holy Spirit is going to help me yes. deal with this. Yes. So through my awareness and conviction, and when things would start to boil up and the conviction, because the conviction would come and I wasn't shutting out that still small voice, you know what I'm saying? I started taking it to prayer. I started looking at the fruit of the Spirit and realized, oh my gosh, the word gentle is in there. That's crazy. I'm not gentle at all. You know, and, and you, see, you see things like this and, and start praying about this stuff. And over time, the fruit started shriveling up and a new fruit started to grow. To the point that I became ultra-passive. To the point where people are like, why do you not react to anything? That, because it's a super opposite of me chucking a chair against the wall. You see what I mean? And there was a transition in my life. Can you imagine having a hair trigger anger being a youth pastor for 20 years? Kids would have been dead. I'd have been killing people. It would have, it would have been no good. It would have been all over. I'd be in jail, you know what I'm saying? But see, there was a calling and there were certain things that had to change about me just to do the basics of what God was asking me to do in my life. You see? That's how we grow fruit. We stay rooted in him, abide in the vine, and stay there. Some things will just start to come because that's the new tree that you are. Some things you're going, ooh, that's still a bad fruit there. I need to line up new creation here. And we start to pray and allow the Holy Spirit to do his work in time of staying rooted and connected. Amen. So the, the, this overall is a very simple picture. You are known by your fruit. If you claim to be new creation, then let's start producing the fruit that we're supposed to. And we do so by simply being connected to the vine and being aware of ourselves. And then taking things to prayer where the Holy Spirit can do what only he can do. Amen? So think about some of those scriptures tonight. Wow, and there might be one or two that the Holy Spirit at that moment just grabs and says, you know what, that's something that needs to start growing in you. And there's reasons for it. Amen? Unshakable fruit. So when the Lord returns, I'm just not waiting to get out of here. I want my life and my witness to bear witness to glorify him. And it comes through my character, which leads to my actions and all of those things. Amen? Unshakable fruit. Let's pray. Lord, Lord, I thank you. I thank you, Lord, that we're not left alone to do these things, but you are with us. You're, you're convicting us, but you're leading us. You're guiding us. You're empowering us. And you're bringing forth the continual change in us that you wrought in us at salvation. We thank you for that. But, it, but as John records, this is for your glory. That all these things that we do, we in turn glorify you. So I pray in the midst of the world that we live in, 
that we don't think we have to fight the war like the world does, but we live the kingdom as you have led us to. So I thank you for that. And I pray each one of us in here tonight, we have unshakable roots in you, and we're bearing unshakable fruit in you, for you, for your glory. And we ask that in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 All right, well, thank you for being out here tonight. Sunday morning is going to be a good word. I'm looking forward to being here. Come back to the house of God, and let's worship and hear the word together Sunday morning. Anyways, have a blessed night. We'll see you Sunday.